Welcome to Product-Led Growth Leaders, where we learn about the bold path of building digital products that sell themselves. Let's listen to product leaders who can give us a glimpse into the innovative thinking process. Showcasing and celebrating these awesome folks, I'm your host, UX and product design veteran, Thomas Watkins. All right, welcome to Product-Led Growth Leaders. And today I'm excited to have on the show, Charles Jessup. Charles Jessup is gonna tell us a lot about his insights from working in enterprise software and the process of going from a product, a project mindset for the team into a product mindset for the team. And this is a really important topic. Charles, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Likewise. And so uh, let's let's get into um, just first starting off with a little bit about you, the kind of background that you have as a product professional and just kind of uh, uh, where that's kind of led to your thinking today. Absolutely. So I got into product management a little bit by accident. I was a product manager before I even knew what product management was. And then I helped build several uh, digital products for Technique FMC, uh, oil and gas company. I worked in their digital innovation team for several years. Then I transitioned over to doing product coaching and consulting work for a technology consulting company called Slalom, where I helped new product teams get started and uh, learn what being a product manager is all about. Awesome. And so um, tell me a little bit about the, um, you, you've had a project, didn't you, where you, uh, you, the team was uh, bringing itself from being project oriented to product oriented. What does that mean? Yes. So this was a pharmaceutical company and they had thousands of people in their IT department. And the CIO said, okay, it's taking too long to deliver stuff. It's just, I've got everybody working. Everybody's working on these IT projects, but they're never on time. They're never on budget. And when they do finally deliver something, it's not what we'd hoped for or what we expected. And it's not adding enough value. So you know what? We need to shift our, our organization from project-based, where it's all about delivering the defined scope by the defined time in the defined budget, shift from that project to a product-based, where it's about creating value for your users and your customers and owning the entire product from uh, beginning of the life cycle to the end. And so they had organizational change and then they hired me and several other uh, product coaches to help teach these new product managers what being in product was all about. So that was a very interesting experience. Some of them had an idea and some of them really did not. <laughs> well, let, let's let's get into that a little bit because you know, what I've seen in my career is there's often a lot of barriers and obstacles when you're trying to make that shift, right? And there's just a certain way employees look at the world when it's a project-based world. And it's very different when you're working for a company that's product-based and they understand that it's the product that drives success. And that's why we're all here. We're not here to just go through the motions of doing um, you know, uh, doing, uh, not saying that project stuff is all going through the motions, but it's a different mentality. So um, what did you find were some of the types of 
barriers that people had trouble getting over and how did how were those barriers uh, addressed? Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Um, you get into a lot of inertia in an organization. So for example, one of the things that we had to do a lot of coaching on was, uh, yes, that's your job now. I would say that phrase a lot. Yes, that's your job now. Um, and But Charles, in the past, they would just tell me what to build and I would build it. What do you mean? Who who figures out what to build? You do. That's your job now. You mean I get to decide what to build? And in a lot of ways, it's empowering. And some people loved it. And some people were a little scared, like, but what if I pick the wrong thing? We know somebody has to pick. And who knows the product best? Well, I do. So who should pick? Well, I guess I should. And then you could see like light bulbs going off in their in their head as you're coaching people. So really getting people to understand the why of their product. Why are you building this? How is it creating value for your customer was really important. Um, and then another key thing was helping people to create a, a strategy and a roadmap and learn to proactively communicate that with other people. It's not enough that you can that you just build something and then go away for six months and then unveil it later. And everybody's like, what, what is this? I didn't ask for this. You know, why did, why did you do that? Um, keeping your stakeholders and customers involved in that journey and kind of co-creating it with them as much as you can is really effective and really different from how they had been operating in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's uh, double click a little bit on the, you brought up the whole question of why and when people are at an organization and they're comfortable with this is the way we've done things, it's a very kind of a top-down sort of uh, authority, you know, and, and we know this is true, you know, where the uh, folks working there know something is true because it's kind of been handed down. And what do you think the shift uh, is? You know, so in my experience has been, you know, research where there has to be kind of a company understanding that we need to gain information mm -hmm. from the world and we base it on that. It's it's not just kind of like instructions. So was there any presence of that? And if so, how did that play out? And just what became the shift in terms of where do we get our answers for what to do next? Yes, so it's, it's a, a complicated question. One of my favorite quotes was don't, push information to authority, push the authority down to the information. So don't push the information up to the authority, push the authority down to the information. Really try to empower your product owners to have as broad of a scope as they possibly can, rather than just taking orders from vice presidents and higher ups. And at, at it was an interesting challenge. So you go to senior leadership and they say, yes, we absolutely want our teams to be empowered. You go to the teams and they go, oh my gosh, I would love to be empowered. But then somewhere in the middle, there's this, where's the power come from, right? And there was this layer of middle management that's kind of like, but if, okay, but if they're making the decisions then what am I doing? And so I think we ran into a little bit of fear from a certain part of the company around, okay, but if my team makes the decisions, what am I doing? And so we had to, uh, change that mindset to if your team is being successful, that means you have created an environment in which they can be successful. So that means you're a good leader. And they're like, oh. And so all of a sudden it, it 
you start to see the change. You start to see the um, start to see product owners be making more decisions, getting support from leadership on yes, this is your call. Yes, good decision. Maybe you can think about this or that. Um, but you don't have to ask me for permission. You don't have to ask me for instructions on what to build next. You get to propose something, not just you get to, it's your job now to say, here's what I think we should do next. And then, you know, circulate that with the team. So getting, getting that empowerment to people who traditionally didn't have it, um, it's a bit of a challenge, but once they got there, people were the product, the new product managers we're really happy with it. Now, to what extent can you teach an old dog new tricks, right? So people have, <laughs> you know, maybe worked at a company for 10 years, 20 years. They're kind of uh, kind of stuck in a groove. They've kind of grooved out a path for themselves. And that's what they, the way they offer it. Yeah. In terms of training versus, you know, replacing and team changes and structural changes, do you have any insights you could share there about, what that means realistically when an enterprise company is making a concerted effort to say, hey, we want to put value first, yeah. right, with our products and kind of change from the way we're doing it. So what, what are what yeah. are some things you think about from a team and a people perspective and trying to achieve that? So let me tell you what is not enough. What's not enough is just sending your new product managers to a uh, two-hour training class and saying, okay, now you're trained, act differently. Um, and oh my gosh, so many companies did that with Agile and then they were surprised when it blew up. What The key to this is you have to change the environment. You have to change the environment in which people work. You can, that could mean changing reporting lines. It could mean changing how bonuses are structured. Um, these incentive organizational incentives uh, can make a big difference in how people behave. And if you tell people behave differently, but you're still incentivizing the old behavior, guess what? People are going to do what they're incentivized to do. So it's really important for organizational design and organizational changes that you think through, okay, what do I want to happen? What human behaviors do I need to change? What do I need to change them to? And how can I incentivize that? So that's probably the bigger part of the change is the incentives and something a lot of companies miss. Yeah. Excellent. Now, do you, do you think that there's a, um, do you think that there's um, a fundamental stopper when we're talking about enterprise stuff, because it's easy to be innovative or easier to be innovative when you're talking about the consumer products world. Um, are there any, is there anything that you think is an unsurmountable barrier or do you kind of, are you optimistic and you think that, you know, maybe there's kind of always an opportunity to, to shift, shift things, you know, just maybe from things that you've uh, noticed. It's, I mean, big companies are different than smaller companies and they can always be better than where they are now. I mean, there's several big companies out there that are doing amazing things, right? Google, open AI, right? Uh, so just because you're a big company doesn't mean you can't be productive and be agile and be nimble and be user-centric and change the world. Of course you can. I mean, there's companies doing it. But yes, if your company has historically been, uh, let's say less than fast, um, it's a journey to get there. It's not gonna happen overnight. But if you wanna, if you wanna survive and thrive in the future, 
being able to deliver value quickly is important enough that it's probably worth changing your company to head that direction. Yeah, that's excellent. So um, in terms of you as a product leader, what are some things that you think about on the horizon? This might be kind of a, a tough question, like, you know, but just what are um, what are things that maybe from uh, let's let's start here. Do you um, as I do, you know, I, I work on the projects that I work on, but I'm constantly studying other things and I'm constantly taking in information so that I can shift to working on other types of projects. Mm -hmm. Are there certain things that you personally kind of are, you know, going to the direction of as a product leader and that you're thinking about? Uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, the big one for me right now is chat GPT and generative AI. I mean, two years ago, I'd never heard of it. Most of the world hadn't heard of it. And now it's, it's taking over like a firestorm. Right. So I, uh, I would advise anybody working in product to learn how to use these generative AI systems, uh, both to make your own work faster and most more efficient and to incorporate it into your product if you can, because it can really, in a lot of ways, create value for, for users. It's just about figuring out the right use cases. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, now in terms of, uh, success and you know you mentioned earlier um you know uh you had a really good quote earlier you talked about uh putting the pushing the information to authority mm -hmm. rather than um authority to information mm -hmm. right um what are some uh things that folks can implement when they're in an environment and they're directly making that shift like you know some things that come to my mind you know uh you know, data science departments or set it, you're buying a tool that measures certain data automatically and then getting people in the habit of looking at that. Mm -hmm. That's been my experience. So, but in your work as a product leader, what have you seen or what would you recommend? So there's a, a lot of different ways to take this. Um, one thing is to start many product teams need to do more discovery work. Uh, a lot of old school enterprise information technology groups are very focused on somebody has an idea, that idea gets written down in stone, and then you spend a long time just delivering that original idea. And maybe the people doing the delivery don't even understand why we're doing it first. And most of the time they weren't involved in doing that upfront discovery work first. So I'd say most product teams would benefit from doing more uh, product discovery work, talking to their customers. There's a great book by Teresa Torres on continuous discovery. So I'd recommend that to anybody getting into product. It, it really connects the, the what to the higher level why. And not only is it more motivational to work on a product you believe in, but you have better insights when you understand why you're building something. So uh, Teresa Torres's book on discovery. Um, do you have, let's, let's do maybe a quick short uh, book list. Of, do you think there's a, uh, a, a small set of books that you think help people who are trying to become product leaders and trying to shape their thinking about uh, how to lead a product? Yeah. And you I would have written down a list. Yeah. Of so I read a lot, right? You can see my, yeah, I can, I can see, background. I can see. Um, Marty Kagan's inspired was one of the first product books I read that kind of got me motivated and fired up. Mm, there's 
several good ones. Uh, one that's not directly product management related, but has made a big difference to me is how to measure anything. A lot of having a successful product is being able to measure the impact it has. And the book, How to Measure Anything uh, by Douglas Hubbard helped me really uh, take my understanding of measurement to a new level. Mm. Oh man, I'm gonna have to email you a list. After yeah, that. yeah, no, that's, too that's... many. <laughs> Melissa Perry has some good books uh, out there. Yeah, just pick, pick a few, read whatever's popular, read what you're interested in, come back to the other stuff. Yeah, and, and, and when you say read whatever's popular, it's about staying on top of the trends and seeing stuff that's been vetted. Like I'm, I'm the kind of person when I buy books or anything on Amazon, I almost never get anything less than four stars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, we have a different problem now than 200 years ago, 200 years ago, you could read every book in the world. Now there's right. millions published every day, right? You just, right. you have to have some sort of filter. So if I, if I have two or three people recommend a book to me, I'm like, okay, I'll add that to my, I listen right. to a lot of stuff on audible, my yeah. wish list, for example. And then when I finish something, I'll pick the next thing on the list. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough staying on top of everything and especially man, the topic of generative AI, I've taken courses, right? Six months ago, they were cutting edge. And then I retook the course like a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, this is so out of date. This isn't even true anymore. So it's, I mean, imagine writing a hard, hard print book about cutting edge stuff. You just, it's out of date by the time it hits the shelves. So it's, yeah, my, my, my favorite was the uh, prompt uh, engineering mm -hmm. books that like, yeah, like, eight nine months ago like it's it's a lot of this stuff's just literally already uh obsolete oh, um yeah. Yeah. uh charles this has been great where can people uh find out more about you sure so LinkedIn? i'm happy yeah linkedin charles jessup i'm happy to connect and talk about product and product growth with anybody who's interested excellent charles thank you for coming here and sharing your insights thank you for having me it's been great Thank you for tuning in. Join us next time on Product-Led Growth Leaders. Take care.